Hello friends, thank you so much for joining in for this conversation today. I'm just so happy to spend this time with you as we continue our dialogue together. Today I want to talk to you about the danger of snoozing. Studies have shown that Sunday evening is the most depressing time in America. As a preacher, that was kind of offensive. I mean, as I've done my best to pour out, to encourage to strengthen, to empower God's people to know that they go home and after they wake up from their nap, they seep off into depression. I mean, honestly, I had to pause and ask, are we really doing this effectively? I mean, the people are coming to church and then becoming depressed. Maybe we're not really connecting with people. But then I realized it had nothing to do with the Sunday morning experience, but everything to do with anticipation of the Monday morning reality. I mean, suddenly after a weekend filled with family, friends, and relaxation and recreation, you come back to grips with the reality that I got to punch the clock in the morning. And this causes people to go from excitement to deep sighs, dreading Monday. And so they go to bed and they set their alarm clocks for a certain hour. But they never get up at that hour because when the alarm clock goes off, there's no malfunctioning of the alarm device. But when it sounds, we reach over and hit snooze. Eight to 10 minutes later, the alarm goes off again to remind us it's time to get up. You have to go to work. But what do we do? We reach over and hit snooze again. And suddenly, you find yourself drifting back off into deep sleep. And the next time you hear the alarm clock or maybe even your internal alarm clock, you sit up and you realize, I only have 20 minutes to get dressed and get to work. And there you are, just trying to get all of your belongings, all the things you need for your work day, trying to put on your clothes, brush your teeth, groom your hair, and be out the door in 10 minutes. And you still end up late because you kept hitting the snooze button. And I suggest, friends, that that's what's been going on in America, particularly with the African-American community. We have been snoozing while others have been scheming. We have been snoozing while others have been strategizing. And when we finally wake up and look around, we see that we're in a world that's not like the world we imagined when we dozed off to sleep. Snoozing. Let me just make this plain for you. In 2008, African Americans were woke, excited, packing venues to hear then-Senator Barack Obama, who was picking up traction in the presidential campaign People were 
listening to this tall, slender man of mixed descent, a father from Africa and a white mother from Kansas. But we owned him as our own. He identified with us. And we were proud, so proud that we got up early that Tuesday morning to go vote before work. We wrapped lines around voting facilities and stayed there determined to be a part of this process because we felt that there was a chance that history could be made. Indeed it was. On that cold November night, Barack Obama comes to the Grant Park as the president-elect of the United States and charged us that it's not just about him. It's about believing in ourselves for change. We snoozed after that. We simply went back to our day-to-day -day routines, wore our Obama shirts, listened to songs like My President's Black, and while we were snoozing, others were scheming. Suddenly, the Tea Party came and we lost the House of Representatives and the Senate. And yes, we still had Obama in the White House, but executive power with no legislative power is limited power. And so we snoozed. And since we snoozed, a lot of things that were on the agenda hit roadblocks. And then suddenly, in 2012, we woke up again. The world was a little bit different, but we still felt that there was a possibility to make history again, making Barack Obama a two-term president. And we went out and we voted again, not on the same level as 2008, but we voted. Barack Obama wins re-election. And what did we do? We start snoozing again. And while we were snoozing, suddenly came a New York real estate mogul down the escalator with a simple slogan, Make America Great Again. I always wonder what that again meant. Because whenever you say again, it's referring to something in the past. And as a person of African-American descent, that's scary because things aren't the best now, but they definitely weren't great then. But we ignored him. Oh, nobody's going to pay him any attention. He insults people. He's a bully. He doesn't come across as being intellectually inclined. We ignored him. Hillary won the Democratic nomination, and we thought surely Hillary would win the presidency, people don't want the Donald. They don't want Trump. I mean, surely America would not go for someone who would say such degrading things about women, who would insult people with physical disabilities, who can't even say 2 Corinthians. Surely America would not vote for him. And then it happened. We were snoozing. And when we finally woke up, Donald Trump was the 45th president of the United States. And we say, how did it happen? 
I suggest to you, friends, that there are a lot of different things that could play a role in that becoming a reality. Some of it could be one-issue voters like white evangelicals who profess to be pro-life, but really, they're just pro-birth. Because you can't be pro-life in the womb, and then when I come out of the womb, you have policies that are sending me to my tomb, not giving me good health care. Can't be pro-life. You want to strip health care without a replacement? You can't be pro-life when you're trying to build wealth on the backs of the poor. You can't be pro-life when you're limiting the opportunities for others for your own pleasure and benefit. But not just those one-issue voters who makes everything about pro-life issues and abortion, but also this snoozing African-American demographic electorate. We did not vote. We did not vote with the numbers necessary to ensure that someone who had our community's interests at heart was sitting behind the resolute desk. We did not vote. Let's take, for instance, Wisconsin, a state that Barack Obama carried in 2008 and 2012 that Hillary lost in 2016 by 22,748 votes. African-American voting declined in Wisconsin by 16% from 2012 to 2016. That's not even talking about those who were registered and didn't even vote in 2012. That is talking about a 16% decline from those who voted in 2012 to those who voted in 2016. Simply put, brothers and sisters, if we had just simply maintained the numbers from 2012, Donald Trump would not be president. But we were snoozing and end up losing. African-American voters decreased almost 5% nationwide because we were snoozing and end up losing. We're reminded what John Lewis told us in his last letter that the most precious nonviolent tool for democratic change that we have in America is the vote. And he said you must use it because you can lose it. It's not a guarantee. Not to mention, in the midst of all this news that was going on, yeah, they took the clause out of the Voting Rights Act from 1965, which required certain states who had a history of voter suppression and discrimination no longer have to have the checkpoints in place to ensure the elections are fair. It happened while we was news, And look what we have now. Did you watch that sham of a debate? Did you watch that unpresidential presentation? I mean, five-year-olds are taught. Don't speak while others are speaking. Kindergarten teachers tell their students, it's not your turn. Wait your turn to speak. Raise your hand and be acknowledged first. But here you had the person who occupies the most powerful position politically in America and the world, acting worse than a fifth grader, I'm sorry, five-year-old. And while talking over 
his opponent because he does not want to discuss the facts. He does not want to hear the truth because the facts and the truth expose you for your failures. He just goes on, fails to condemn white supremacy. He goes on to call racial sensitivity training racist. I mean, think about that, friends. You cannot condemn white supremacy, but then you have the audacity to call training for racial sensitivity racist and unnecessary. It has already signed an executive order stating that it should not be allowed. Stripping funding. This not only affects federal government training, but think about those classes that are on college campuses that are not mandatory, but they are electives where a person can go and learn about feminism, can go and learn about African-American history, can go and learn about civil rights, can go and learn about all of these other things that will go unfunded because of that executive order. And he stated that he signed it because it was racist to cause you to be more empathetic toward the plight of someone else who's been at the peripherals of society. Lies, lies, and more lies. It's hard to have a fact check when there are no facts. Just lies. And then he finally came out with what his game plan is. He wants you to keep snoozing. He wants you to keep snoozing so that you won't vote. He wants you to keep snoozing to think that the ballots are not fair. He wants you to keep snoozing to think that mail-in voting will not be counted. He wants you to keep snoozing. Snooze until we hit that alarm clock and he's reelected. But I want to remind you that you have the power to determine who will lead this country. No matter how boisterous a person is, no matter how he may even say he will challenge the election results, if we vote, he will lose. If we vote, this can change. If we vote, there will be progress. If we vote, we may be able to undo some of that scheming that was done while we were snoozing. Simply put, Paul tells the church at Thessalonica in chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians, verse 6, Let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. That is the challenge for us right now. It's time for us to stop hitting snooze. It's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to recognize that your life is on the ballot. It's time for us to recognize that it's not about a personality. It's about policy. Who cares that you didn't like Hillary? You don't vote because you like someone. You vote because of their standing for what you believe in. It's time for us to wake up. Wake up from indifference. Wake up from my vote don't matter. Wake up from I live in Alabama or some other southern state that's ruby red. It will always be ruby red if you don't vote. It's time for us to wake up. 
It's time for us to wake up in Alabama to recognize that we don't need a senator who is a football coach. We need a senator who actually understands policy. A senator that does not stutter when asked about the Voting Rights Act. We need a senator who will represent the interests of all people. We need to wake up so that you don't end up voting based on War Eagle and Roll Tide, but recognize that this is bigger than football. We need to wake up and understand that being pro-life is more than just abortion. It's also making sure that those young children made in the image of God, when they are birthed out of their mother's womb, they have a community that cares and provides a social safety net, not to become a leaning post, but to ensure that their life is valued and valuable. Wake up. Wake up and vote. Wake up and come up with your plan for voting. Wake up and register someone else to vote. Wake up and call someone and say, do you need a ride to go vote? Wake up to put that ballot in the mail. Wake up to fill out that absentee ballot application. Wake up to make sure that your children and your grandchildren and your nephews and your nieces and your cousins and all of them have a sticker on November the 3rd that says I voted. It's time for us to wake up because if we keep snoozing, you're going to wake up eventually and find yourself living a nightmare. Wake up. Now is the time. Wake up. Now is the moment. Wake up because if you are a Christian, it's your duty. Wake up because too many people suffered and some even died to make sure you could go and stand in that line. Wake up and use the power of your vote because your vote is your voice. Thanks for listening.